You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brian McCubbin. Good evening, everyone. David Hall. Hello, hello. Greg Hectus. Hey, guys. And Tony Groves. Howdy, gentlemen. Hey, welcome. All right, so here we are for another week. It's Daytona week, but first, let's talk uh, dirt racing because, uh, Brian, we wrapped up the World of Outlaws, and we have a champion, a new champion. Yeah, that's right. Um, so Monday night was the, the 10th and final championship round of the iRacing World of Outlaws Late Model Series, and they were at the dirt track at Charlotte. Um, so the leader in points coming into this final week was Hayden Carwell, and he was holding just like the slimmest of margins, two points of a lead over Dylan Wilson and 22 points over the third place driver, Kendall Tucker. Uh, the result, so uh, after qualifying, the results had Evan Say, who's really shown a lot of qualifying speed all, all season. He's, he's had multiple uh, qualifying wins, taking the fast time. Uh, so Kendall Tucker puts a fourth best time in qualifying and our two main contenders uh dylan wilson uh finished eighth and then uh hayden carwell who is the leader coming into the final is 13th uh from the uh qualifying session right and then evan say wins heat one from the pole with kendall tucker in second and hayden carwell drives from a starting position of fifth to finish third uh, Dylan Wilson starts third in heat two and made his way to finish second and in the process already gaining one precious point in that championship race while pole sitter Devin Morgan took the checker. Heat number three is won by the up and coming uh, in the series Davin Cardwell, cousin of Hayden Cardwell. Yeah, that's right. And um, uh, I don't know if everybody knows, but yeah, there there are points for the championship that are divvied up in these uh, heat races. So yeah, by Evan, by uh, Dylan Wilson's finishing second and Cardwell finishing third, he actually made up one point in that championship. So coming into the A main feature after nine weeks of racing, there's one point separating the championship contenders, Hayden Cardwell, who's going to start the race in fifth and directly be- behind him, uh, or actually de- directly in front of him was Dylan Wilson. Dylan Wilson started fifth, and Cardwell started the main in seventh. And whoever's going to finish ahead of the other driver uh, in this race is going to bring home $10,000 and the series championship. So as the green flag, flag dropped, uh, Evan say he takes an early lead from his spot on the pole position. And on lap three, Hayden Cardwell makes contact with Wilson. He kind of pinched him up against the wall and actually pulls ahead of him for the fifth spot. So at this point, uh, Cardwell's one spot in front of Wilson, and uh, we're going from there until uh, lap 10. R- Wilson, he actually returns the favor and uh, gives him a little uh, 
forces his way past Cardwell with a little uh, bump and retake the position. And the two run basically nose to tail like that all the way to the first caution, which was at the halfway mark on lap 25. And uh, returning Evans say he returned back to the field because he actually opened up a huge lead. And so they all re- regrouped after that caution on lap 25. Yeah, and I got to say, watching this, uh, what a championship battle because it was literally who finished in front of the other guy kind of like the nascar homestead you know final finale you know whoever wins wins kind of thing and so that made it even more exciting but uh that restart sparked a fury of action where for several laps they were running four wide for the lead i think i even saw five wide at one point um all involving those two championship hopefuls until that second caution on lap 30 when C uh, back up front, Wilson in second, Cardwell in third. Lap 33, Cardwell passes Wilson for second Second, after even more contact between the two. There's uh, one more caution on 37, but Wilson is unable to capitalize on the restart, and Cardwell is able to open a big enough gap, and he's unchallenged by Wilson for the remainder of the race. He settles for the second behind uh, the winner, Evan Say, but claims that world championship. Yeah, that's right. And um, these two guys, um, they put on a heck of a show. I mean, they were making contact probably five or six times in the course of that feature. Um, And it was just, uh, it was super exciting. Whoever you're rooting for, you know, you were just at the edge of your seat watching that finish, uh, watching that whole race. It was just a fantastic race all the way through. Yeah, $10,000 to the winner. And uh, boy, it's been a good season uh, for both uh, series. Um, I think we're going to try to get Hayden on maybe next week and uh, talk to him. I'm trying to hit him up. But, uh, Brian, right off the bat, before this thing is even over almost, we have an announcement about what's happening for 2021. Yeah, that's right. Um, as far as the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars go, uh, they are uh, have announced that uh, – the Sprint Car World Championship is set to return for next year, 2021, and it's making its move to the winter for the first time. So as a result, the qualifying series will also get started in 2020 season four, utilizing a new format as a seven-week standalone season. And yep. so in this in this season, basically, if you're a a um, class driver, a licensed driver over a 1.0 um, 1.0 SR, you can actually uh, try to qualify for this uh for this uh series that's a one time slot a week on tuesday nights um and uh get out there and get it i mean season four is coming guys it's only a a very short time away first time winner ashton crowder final time at a turn four to his first win in the edas car peaking and the monster mile in 2020 is tamed by nitron garillo gonna look to the bottom it is not gonna be enough and ryan loza is gonna go back to back he steals the win at thunder valley welcome the voice of iRacing, evan pasoko and with that, let's jump to uh, Evan Pasoko, who's joined us, uh, voice of Coke Racing. Let's shift gears to the best of pavement racing. Evan, thanks for joining us. Yeah, guys, uh, always happy to be here, and uh, definitely a lot of uh, excitement, uh, if you will, coming out of what was a uh, a really messy Daytona race, especially when you compare it uh, to our one that kicked off the season. I've heard people on uh, Twitter say. 
this has been the best eSIM finish ever. I think uh, I think maybe it was Parker Kligerman said that. I wasn't sure. Well, it was very similar in terms of what we saw in February, minus you know, kind of what led up to that. Because of course, the season opener went caution free, uh, but not incident free, because we we junked a lot of race cars at the line, and 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 we did that as well uh, last night. Uh, getting to the end, and and I think it was something like the top. 15 cars probably even more than that finished within half a second of each other so it was uh it was certainly a thriller it was let's jump into it uh it was a clean pack racing early on i mean sometimes it was three even four wide at times i was kind of holding my breath uh tough weather uh north of the border affected keegan Leahy. uh he was uh, lost his power or something and i think he lost three or four laps so he got most of them back i think yeah, Keegan, uh, right as they went onto the grid, his power went out for a split second. And, uh, of course, I'm sure many of us know if, if you lose connection for just that little bit, uh, you're going to get dropped from the session. And, and he tried to load back in as soon as he could, but that put him four laps down. Um, it also affected, I think, Dylan Duvall, um, where he lost power, but he didn't lose connection. But some of his monitors lost power, didn't reboot, so he was on one monitor. Um, for the race and it was not even he had like his triples but the the center screen that's where, where the sim was but it was like shifted like a third onto the right screen and only two thirds on his main monitor so he was struggling and even tim in the broadcast booth with me lost power on the same spike over there uh in eastern canada and tim was commenting or commentating only off of our production feed for a while because he also lost touch so there's uh storms of plenty that was wreaking havoc yeah, and a little grass action early as Brandon Reynolds and Matt Busa avoid a checkup and damage uh, on lap four. Uh, then you had owner Kyle Long on for an interview. It was kind of nice to hear from him. Yeah, he's one of the guys that, that's super involved, in, and I was actually able to chat uh, with him and, and Corey LaJoy a little bit earlier in the day, just just talking kind of sim racing stuff and whatnot. So it was good to have Kyle on uh, for our, our broadcast and, you know, all the uh, the things that he's doing for sim racing and, and obviously an advocate with his large Twitter following. And uh, he's going back into the uh, the football media stuff with CBS, which we talked about. So I was I was joking with him that as long as he uh, still says hi every once in a while on Tuesday, we'll uh, we'll let them borrow him. But but Kyle's a great guy. One of the uh, kind of big personalities in the series that's always uh easy to get a hold of if you you want to chat on online or whatnot he's always uh, a good person to talk racing with and the next one th this one i is kind of went viral for me anyway because what a screenshot and what a wreck i mean it was really i cannot figure out what happened with uh bolton uh it was a big one lap 22 his car just goes right and i mean hard right into the wall and Ray Alfala got the worst of it. I, I swear he was off the ground three different times, completely off the ground. Yeah, that's been the year it's been for Ray. You know, we were just talking about how he had kind of turned things around in the second half of the year, and he wrecks out early, and, and he is now uh, the bubble driver with, with three weeks left. Uh, it didn't take him totally out of it, but it's made Ray's path 
uh, to fight for a fifth championship that much more difficult. And I don't know what the issue was with the 10 of Bolton, if it was a connection issue or if, if something happened and, and you know, the, the wheel disconnected. I mean, we've all had that as well, where you lose your steering input and the car just goes straight into the fence. I, I didn't hear him say anything uh, on driver radio, so we weren't able to really decipher what happened. But, I mean, you're not getting away with that. And uh, it was a tough break because it wasn't just, you know, Ray involved in that. There was a lot of fast cars. Uh, you know, Conti got taken out. I think Luzo was in that mix also. So, you know, that's a lot of your your top drivers gone. And, and yeah, the, sc- the screenshots uh, from, from Ray's cartwheel and, and then some through the air I saw was uh, making its way around social media. It's a good look, uh, you know, but uh, obviously I don't think Ray was hoping that that's uh, how he'd be remembered for that race because yeah, that's a it's a tough pill to swallow for him at this point in the year, and and he had nothing to do with it. Yeah, it was such a hard turn to the right. I, I almost feel like it's a steering wheel unplug kind of thing where it is immediately turned to the right, and that's what it looks like because it doesn't look like the tire went down or anything like that, and it was too early in the run for something like that to happen. Yeah, and I didn't see any uh, you know like left side damage on the car. Um, obviously. When we're doing these broadcasts, we're all in the sim. So even before, you know, the broadcast is actually rolling out replays, I can, you know, go back and try to watch it myself. So I have an idea of what happened. And I didn't see any, you know, damage on the left front that would have indicated that it was like a a connection hitbox error. Um, You know, sometimes, you know, cars aren't where they are or or the sim doesn't think uh, that they're in the right spot. And it's kind of ghost contact, but I didn't see the left front get get smashed up so i'm curious if if he did have an issue and honestly wouldn't be shocked if it was an equipment failure because we started talking about all the issues that that drivers had had over the night with with connection and and monitors and hardware and it happens okay and then uh, set the field after everyone pits uh, for the restart it was jarl tian Clampett, Zelensky, Ottinger, Sherburn, Nichols, Vincent, Tiris. After uh, halfway, people start to plan where they're doing their green flags uh, stops. It was really cool hearing Zelensky and Tian kind of plan what lap they're going to pit. Uh, we were eavesdropping on the radio, and it was kind of like, okay, we're going to pit on uh, 34 coming to 35 or 35 coming to 36 kind of thing. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not sure how much uh, he's dropping on the radio we're going to be allowed to do uh, anymore. And, and you know, Justin's going to be keeping us updated because we've got him and, and two, three other guys that are actually physically in the radio. So even if we're not listening to it, to it on the broadcast we've got people feeding us that information um but i would i would love to get more of that um you know we, we did the radioactive a couple of weeks ago um and and that's the stuff that i love i think that that behind the scenes stuff adds to the broadcast and and i hope um despite some colorful words once or twice <laughs> that we can uh in some form continue that because because i actually really enjoyed it um we weren't it was tricky though just kind of to give you the peek behind the curtain, because we, me and Tim actually couldn't hear anything that they were saying. The way that our, our audio is set up in our production feed is we couldn't hear them. So they're trying to kind of cue us on when to be quiet, to listen to them. And then they're telling us what they're saying because we couldn't actually hear them. So it's a, it's a work in progress. But uh, I think that uh, I agree with you that I enjoyed listening in on it and, and would love to kind of get more of that access going forwards. Now that the driver seemed to be a little bit more open to giving us access to their radio. Yeah, and another good listen a little bit later was Bob Bryant uh, while he was at the back of the pack, just kind of figuring out what to do and just seeing how he, he runs. And, and he was chatting up with some of the other guys. Yeah, and, and there's, you know, it's a dynamic, which is cool because 
the real I mean, every once in a while, I'll kind of relay things that, you know, I'll say so-and-so is talking on the radio because obviously in the sim, you can talk to anybody in the sim or you can talk to your team. And, and a lot of the team communication is done now through Discord and, and TeamSpeak and whatnot. But, um, you know, to, to the point that's up next here on the list, communication is important. And, and sometimes drivers say things that they want everybody to hear. And sometimes they're saying things that they don't want anybody to hear. And I think it's awesome that we get to listen to it either way. I love that. Uh, element of authenticity, if you would. Well, it really made the broadcast for this next part. Uh, 39 to go, yellow, just as Clampett and the others pit, and another big one. It was Steve Sheehan who was pleading over the text uh, chat and the chat to pit. Uh, he was in the stuck in the second lane, though. Uh, Jake Nichols was low, and, and Nichols kind of moved below the yellow like he was going to let Sheehan down or something, but then came straight back up, and then Sheehan thought he had opened a hole for him or something and just turned left to go pit and then took out the field. Yeah, it was good to see Steve in uh, some new colors, of course, uh, taking over uh, in the number 47 machine. So that was nice, of course, uh, with uh, with Jeremy Allen dropping out of the season. So uh, we wish him the best as he's dealing with uh, some medical stuff and, and hope to, you know, see him back in the in the virtual car for the Pro Series and maybe try to get back to this level for next year if he's able to or, or maybe further down the line. But I would put that one at about 75% on Sheehan and 25%. Uh, on the 24, just because even though the car, like, I don't know what the move was to the apron. I, I don't, and it's not like he checked up to let him down. Um, so I think he just got a little bit loose or something. But I mean, even, even if the car is trying to let you down, I just don't think you can pit from the middle of the racetrack. Even if the car inside me is pitting. I just don't think it's a good idea. And, you know, there's pressure at Daytona because you don't want to, you know, wait a lap and then come down to the pit lane with, you know, a smaller group of cars. You need some some help in the pack. But, uh, yeah, I think that one was uh, avoidable, and, and it happens. Well, after running a couple of races this week, that spot right where Nichols was, it, the the car doesn't go really straight with certain sets. It really wobbles, and uh, it could just be one of those wobble things, which is really going on this week. Yeah, and I haven't had the chance, uh, but I am. I got tomorrow off, so I'm going to be hooking the wheel up. And uh, if you're racing a fix tomorrow, be warned because <laughs> Daytona week, I'll I'll hop out there and and see what I could do. I did two A open races uh, when it was Talladega week a couple of months back, and I won both. So I'm going to ruin my streak for the year. But yeah, I'll be having some fun in the official stuff this week. Okay, very good. We'll see you out there. Back to green. Nice ride along with uh, King Cook and his spotter from six. Um, he was having a good run there. It was Smith, Zelensky, Vincent, Novak, Busa, Cook, Lowe, Ottinger, Clampett, Reynolds up front. Uh, 15 to go. The third lane was starting to form on the outside. It was the Byron, Byron Esports guys with Malik Ray behind them, and they were uh, kind of making something happen out there. Yeah, they were trying, and it's funny because like we had seen – Either it was Gorolinski or Ottinger, I mean, it was one of them uh, that had kind of been up there all night. And then the second one joined us, um, or joined them up on the outside line and and, and kind of helped it out. And, and it's the same thing that we saw, uh, you know, in February. I mean, if you go race the official stuff at Daytona, chances are you're not going to be in a sustained three-wide pack without, you know, carnage every half a lap. So I think it goes to show you the talent that these guys have to be able to manage those lanes. I thought the third lane would would have been better uh, at the end of the race because it had been like 
a fifth or sixth place line all night long. So I really thought at the end that Kane Cook had a legit opportunity uh, and he kind of gets shuffled out into a four or five wide situation coming to the line. But, uh, you know, not to get ahead of us, but I just really thought that third lane would be better. And at the end, we saw drivers try to utilize that. They got there. Uh, but of the three lanes, it, it ended up being the weakest when it mattered the most. Yeah, when that third lane was forming, uh, it was Zelensky, Novak digging the bottom. Uh, while Smith and Vincent were in the middle. Uh, Ottinger ends up hanging out, out Kane Cook after that with a quick move from the outside to the middle. Like you said, the outside was working. Um, but he ended up dumping to the middle, and uh, it kind of fell apart. Lap later, Ottinger to the outside in front of Cook, um, and then that third lane dissolved. But at four to go, it was Zelensky and Novak changed places twice on the bottom. Now, this is where I thought Bobby lost the race for sure, but somehow he got it back just right as quick. Yeah, these guys, and it's funny because, you know, kind of leading into what we were talking about last week is is we didn't see the monster truck set up. So obviously that uh, that little bit of a loophole in the rule book was tightened up for this race. And, and funny because it's, I mean, it was the same guys up there, um, you know, with the exception of a couple that get wrecked out. I mean, these drivers know what they're doing. And for Bobby, you know, I know that a lot of people... I don't, I don't want to say discredit Daytona um, because while also it being kind of the most accessible track for anybody to win at, I think it's also one of the hardest because you have to be really disciplined. Um, and for Bobby to not be known as a big oval guy and not necessarily be a huge super speedway guy, obviously, I mean, he qualified on pole uh, earlier this year and, and he ends up getting pole all three trips to Daytona, which I wanted to mention was cool. Both super speedway races uh, and the road race. Um, he really impressed me. And I think he's got more wins on the ovals coming up because, I mean, he and Novak going back and forth. I know Zach had to appreciate running up front again. Um, I mean, those are two of easy the the four or five best guys in the series and i know that zach's not having the year that he wanted but but those two drivers are both incredible talents and i think they showed that definitely zach had a good run going and uh it looked like he was going to win right there because he took the lead briefly and he was on the bottom but uh bobby made a great move to get right back by him um the third lane forms up with uh, three cars on the two to go uh cook gets clear uh drops to the middle so that third lane was working. Uh, Cook decides to move back up, though, with a white flag. And it was three wide for the win. It was Zelensky, Smith, Cook. Uh, Cook was leading into three there. But uh, Zelensky wins it uh, with a great push from Novak at the end there. Um, you know, Cook gets wall slammed by the middle lane as they were coming to the checker there. And, of course, uh, big wrecks and F-bombs. Of course, the radio was open. And uh, I think it was not only Zelensky, but maybe some others that we heard uh, that went live. But uh, it was fun. Yeah. And, and again, we didn't even get to hear that. So that's why my me and Tim are, are just kind of going on uh, without it and didn't give your standard uh you know, we, we apologize for the language or whatever, because we didn't even know, right? So we're just calling the finish like we normally would. And I think, I don't remember who said it uh, on the open channel, but after the race, it might have been uh, whoever was pushing Kane coming to the white flag said, man, if you just stayed in the middle instead of going high, you probably would have won that thing. And it's funny because Kane Cook's leading into turn three on the outside. He finishes 10th when he got shuffled out to that outside line because Ottinger and, and McCollum got to the inside of him. And I think that Novak needs to get a lot of credit 
because yeah, you can only do so much when you're second in line on the bottom, but he pushed Zelensky and, and I think Eric Smith and, and Corey Vincent probably were in the catbird seat a little bit higher up to get that run off of the corner. Uh, and they just didn't catch at all. And that's very uncharacteristic uh, for that outside line, especially when you're pushing hard. Uh, I saw the 77 was down on the apron. So, uh, you know, Clamp- uh, all these guys uh, were using all kinds of track Bryant and Clampett. So both of the Burton Clearman cars, uh, in the top 10, but, uh, yeah, I guess that is the, uh, the risk with the open driver radio is, um, it wasn't just Bobby. You're right. Um, that was his whole team. I don't know the exact number and, and I don't know, you know, everybody that was in there, but that was at least four to five different guys. And, uh, it made it authentic. I'll tell you that much. It was exciting. And my, my conventional wisdom, Eric Smith, Corey Vincent, they were going to win that race. They were in the in the spot I would want to be in, which is the middle. And like you said, the, the, the top lane was performing better than, than I thought it would there at the end, but it, uh, you know, King cook. Oh my God. He, I was pulling for him and Eric Smith for those guys to win. And, but Bobby, you know, did what he wanted. He was where he wanted to be. He'd said that in his post-race interview, he wanted the bottom. He didn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah, I asked him, you know, which lane do you want? And he said that the bottom was was the place to be. And, and you know, we don't have favorites, but I think, uh, you know, a sentimental favorite there would have been for Eric Smith uh, to get a race win. Uh, he's been so close and, and is so good on these kind of tracks and uh, is one of the best guys in the series. And, and he gets the good TV time for the, the Big Green Egg folks and Jim Beaver Esports. He comes home in second. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Bobby for the the turnaround or I guess the month that it's been for him to go back to back and you know now he's got uh, three trips to victory lane on the year and and I know it is kind of a cop-out with Keegan not getting a fair crack in this race uh, having that issue early but Bobby's now your overall points leader and he's tied with Keegan for three wins um, and he's tied for the, you know, the most top fives with six, both he Keegan and Garrett all have uh, six top fives, which is the series best, but then for top tens, I mean, he's a mile ahead. The next closest driver's got eight with Lusa. He's got 10. Uh, Bobby is, is so consistent. So even though he doesn't win a lot, unlike the intermediates and the short tracks and the ovals historically, he's a top 10 car more than half the time. I mean, 10 top tens in 13 races. Um, so I think Bobby is, if he can figure these ovals out, get that little bit more speed. And, and he credited the guys behind the scenes uh, for building the setups for him that are really figuring stuff out. Um, I think Bobby is getting a little bit closer to Keegan in the conversation of who could be a title favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Especially this great run at the uh, oval. Uh, it was five wide for fifth position at the line there. And so it made for some great replays. They did a recap video. I, I just got to say a shout out to uh, Novak, who uh, really needed a redemption, uh, and he got it. And so a nice run for him. Yeah, I think Zach uh, has has fought through a lot of adversity, th- adversity this year, of course, changing teams and a little bit of a different dynamic there. And, um, you know, I think that it would be a shame if I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It'd be a great show for us uh, if we cover the pro series to see he have to fight his way back in like we did see Ray last year and, and totally dominate. I think that Zach would show you why he is one of the top five guys uh, in oval racing on the service if he was down in that pro series because you'd get the drive of the Xfinity series car that's got a lot more in the driver's hands but uh, he deserves to to be a top 20 car for sure and uh, I mean all those guys up front it was good to see Busa running up front Corey Vincent's been super impressive uh, for the last few weeks you know Ottinger was up there as well uh, I'm excited 
for our next super speedway race, not to get ahead of us, of course, Darlington uh, and, and Vegas still to come, but uh, that season finale at uh, regular season finale, I should say uh, at Talladega is going to be quite a show. Yeah. Looking forward to that point. It's Bobby Keegan, Garrett Lowe, Ryan, Michael Luza, Michael Conti, Nick Ottinger, Logan clamp at Ray Alfala on eighth. Boy, he uh, took a hit there. Yeah, that's tough. He drops down two, and he's still 15 ahead of Graham Boland. Boland didn't really get uh, that noteworthy of a night. He finished 18th, um, you know, so mid-pack. He doesn't gain anything, doesn't drop anything. Um, Jimmy Mullis actually drops a little bit further down, so so he's like 17, 18 points or something below the cut line. Uh, so he still has a chance. So I don't think any of those guys up inside of your top eight can be comfortable um, especially, of course, with Dago being the regular season finale. But I, I still think that Jimmy Mullis is is somehow going to find his way in uh, to the playoffs here. So we'll see if that's a, an old take that needs exposing in a few weeks. But uh, I know Daytona didn't really work out for him, but I, I just feel like Mullis has had a lot of momentum. And then Corey Vincent's right there, too. And he, he was running so good uh, at Daytona. So not, he's almost in striking distance as well. Yeah, Corey gets his first top five of the year. Uh, it surprises me that it, it took him that long to get a first top five. He's got a handful of top tens on the year. Uh, and it seems like, you know, we either don't see Corey or he's top ten, right? I don't really see a lot of kind of mid-pack runs for him. It's always they're off or they're on. And if they can find that consistency, you know, he's right there lockstep with Jimmy um, that unfortunately, you know, or, or fortunately, I guess, depending on who you ask, um, the way the playoff format works for this is there is no win in your in, so there isn't that kind of instant flip-the-switch moment that can turn the tides, but uh, a lot can happen uh, with three weeks still to go. All right. It was a great, great Coke race. Uh, I don't think we could have asked for more. Uh, lots of excitement, great finish, and uh, you guys, Evan, had a great call. So thank you for coming on and talking about it. And uh, tell us uh, real quick about uh, what's coming next. Yeah, so we're, we're headed off uh, to Darlington. So you're going to see a lot of uh, different cars on track as well as we go racing um, for round number 14. Uh, that is a tough track. I mean, we talk about you know, the, this package and, and kind of what it, it takes away a little bit from the individual efforts than it used to. But I mean, at Darlington, it's, it's going to be the same thing. I mean, you, it's going to be in the driver's hands uh, in a couple of weeks there in the start of September, two weeks. Uh, and it's a long race too, 184 laps. Um, and it is also going to be our final races, as far as I know, um, on the iRacing Esports Network for the year. Uh, so we hope that everybody has uh, enjoyed tuning in with us on Tuesdays. And uh, after that, the week following, uh, it'll switch over to NBCSN for the rest of the year. So uh, come out and join us. The Lady in Black throwback paint schemes uh, and a lot in the line for the championship. What not to love, right? Exactly. All right. Well, it's been a great year, Evan. And uh, thank you for coming on tonight. Yep. We'll see you guys in two weeks. All right. Thanks. Final time at a turn four, a drag race to the start-finish line. Zelensky pushed by Novak, gonna get a nose in front, and Bobby Zelensky sweeps the summer trip to Daytona, winning on the road course and winning on the super speedway. All right, uh, David, we're gonna throw it to you for a Road to Pro uh, announcement. Yeah, if you don't remember, we have 13 weeks instead of four, instead of 12 weeks this season because uh, I guess it's just the way it fell, kind of almost like a leap year type thing. So as a result, 
because Road to Pro and the Pro Series or the Coke Series have been alternating, most build weeks have been on the on the Pro Week or the Coke Week, and this week it's going to be on the Road to Pro. So just be aware that uh, if you spend too much time on your setups, it may be for naught. So, yeah, it's running at the same time as the Darlington race that Evan was just talking about. So um, normally they offset the weeks, so uh, same week. Now, the thread is kind of interesting because uh, a lot of people kind of, I don't know, protesting it. I don't know if you can protest it, but uh, discussing it because uh, these teams that are running in the Road to Pro and the Coke are the same people, are the same teams. And so if a Coke driver has a spotter and a crew chief and stuff, those spotter and crew chief might be driving in the Road to Pro. So now he doesn't have a spotter for Darlington because his guy's running in Road to Pro. And so it's just stuff like that, uh, kind of how do we handle the personnel when we have two races at the same time? It's interesting that they had let them fall together. Uh, in that week, though, it is a uh, problem, though, if you're going to have uh, th- all these teams are trying to get in and out of these series and they're not going to have the right people that they trust in there. Because you know how sometimes, even in NASCAR, if they don't have the right spotter or something, our crew chief, it's sometimes hard, right? Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize uh, that that was also the issue. I just thought it was uh, the fact that it was going to be road to pro on the, on the build chain. So uh, that's definitely going to be uh, an interesting situation. Well, Tyler says in the th- in the thread he's actually going to do the build on Wednesday uh, after the races. So it looks like we got uh, some sad news here. Um, Samuel Riemann uh, posted a touching tribute video for a uh, fellow iRacer, Bryce uh, uh, Whitson Jr., um, who lost his three-year long battle uh, with leukemia on Wednesday. Um, Samuel is a commentator for the GSRC, the Global uh, Racing Channel, uh, who calls, uh, who had called some of Bryce's races and posted some of the hi- uh, of his highlights in a video in the forums. Um, one of the things that caught me after uh, reading in this too is um, he got to meet Bryce uh, eventually, and like, it sounds like they kind of uh, knew each other a lot more outside of iRacing. Um, after I guess Bryce works for worked for Hendrick Motorsports and then helped um, Samuel find a job in 2017, so it was kind of an interesting thing to read here. Um, sorry for the iRacing, you know, the iRacing community lost another racer here, and it, it, it's it sucks when this happens, and especially to leukemia, or any of the cancers. Yeah, I think I raced this guy before, and uh, yeah, and I've seen the broadcast. Obviously, the GSRC. Um, Man, they're all over the place. They're doing all kinds of different leagues and different things. And I've, I've definitely heard his broadcast. So, yeah, uh, sorry to hear about that. Rest in peace, Bryce Whitson. All right, we'll go on to video uh, top 10 from July. I think Tony's sleeping. Okay, so we're going to move on then. We're going to talk about this video. I mean, I thought it was pretty good this time. I mean, it's always really good, but... Um, Man, the the one where he was the lucky miss, you know, at the Spa Frankershaw, this car was like doing barrel rolls and the guy just was driving through and the car just like literally went right over his head and missed it like by one inch. It wasn't even that, but uh, that was the, on, the one of the first ones on the video. 
Well, I mean, the one that we really need to talk about is like the first one. We there's been uh, that's like the super fancy Ace Ventura style parking job uh, coming into Pit Road. Um, About the one at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Video number one is what they called it. That's made its rounds, um, you know, over the interwebs over the last uh, couple days. But uh, uh, it's no surprise that that one made, you know, this top 10 highlight. That's it's a pretty slick parking job. He did really well. He spins in the pit road, but during his recovery, he somehow spins the car around straight and somehow lands it perfectly in the box. Just perfect. Yeah, yeah. You driving in straight it's hard to get it that nicely lined up and this guy does it with a couple of spins yeah i don't think there's any way that was uh that was planned by any means that was just complete just hang on to this thing and oh i stopped right in my pit that's perfect and uh he goes right around another car that's parked uh, in his pit stall like he it, it was amazing that he was able to not clip any of those cars and just land right right in his parking spot now, Alex Horn from iRacing thought this clip was so good. He posted it on Twitter just as a standalone video clip on his personal Twitter, not the iRacing one. And guess what? It has gone viral, guys. 998,000 views. We're almost at a million. We're going to break a million. It says 999K now. Yeah, 998.8K. So it's getting close, and uh, it's going to hit a million views. Uh, it's such a good video, like you said. Well, uh, moving over to the uh, real-world racing, Ty Majeski, he posted on Facebook an early look of his uh, iRacing-sponsored Gander truck ride for this week. It's a, uh, you know, it's uh, the typical red, white, and blue iRacing colors that you typically see. And, uh, yeah, so... Uh, He's uh he's ready to go at Dover. Was ready to go at Dover with this thing. Uh, it's just a great looking car, and it's good to see I Racing really getting out there, into uh, you know spreading their wings into the real world, where people can uh, see see them uh, on sponsorships and stuff like that. Yeah, and I love the paint job, and he's got an associate sponsor on the back of the truck, a hardcore fish and game, and their logo has an American flag as the background and so that red white and blue mixed in with the i racing red white and blue uh yeah she's a beauty yeah it's a quite a patriotic uh, paint scheme there so we've got a few celebrity uh equipment purchases uh we like talking about how we spend each other's money and i don't know maybe we're talking some of these guys into buying money too or the fact that there's a big prize pool uh but logan clampett he's got him a new set of v3s on the way he debated it for a while we also have uh, Jimmy Mullins picking up a uh, Universal Hub, right? Fanatec Universal Hub. Yeah, if you remember, the, not this week, but the the race before, his uh, steering wheel gave out during the race. And so his uh, sponsor actually bought this Universal Hub for him and sent it. Yeah, which is really nice of uh, Richmond Raceway to, to help him out because... Uh, Right now, Fanatec has had some back orders on some things, trying to get stuff out to customers. So if you know if they were able to get something quick to them, uh, maybe they helped them get something quicker. Like eBay or something? <laughs> no, I'm thinking maybe they put in a personal call. 
And I definitely would like to hear how Logan ends up liking his pedals because we've talked about how Majeski runs on, you know, such a simple setup. But then I hear we've heard how things have gotten better for Greg when he upgraded to VR. And one of our teammates, Stephen Llewellyn, just grabbed a... Uh, the direct drive wheel and is seeing a performance improve improvement. So I think uh, for for us mediocre talent drivers, I think it can make a difference. I'm just interested to see why he chose. You know, maybe it's based on his rig. I don't know what kind of rig Logan has. Doesn't he have one of those um, Chad rigs, the Chad Wheeler rigs? Um, but I can't remember anyways. Um, I wonder why he chose the, um, the non-inverted ones, uh, or didn't want the inverted ones over the, the, what these ones. So maybe there's a reason he did it, but it'd be interesting to find out what his thinking was on it. It may just be what he's more used to. It may just be a little bit more comfortable. I, I don't think I want the inverted ones for the same reason. I would never get the other ones pushing down. I like the inverted ones, but, um, Speaking of more hardware, so obviously after Jimmy Mullins there, um, William Byron posted uh, Logitech uh, eSports group, uh, or sorry, the Logitech e, uh, G eSports um, sent him a care package, it looks like, of a whole bunch of, uh, you know, accessories for his gaming, uh, headset, a mouse, keyboard. Is that a mic? What what is the thing behind there? Do you guys know what that? I was trying to find the out. Tube? What the, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to figure out what it was, and I can I don't. I couldn't even figure out what it was on um, looking it up. I want to say it might be a standalone mic, but I can't see the code on it. It says the 840 series something, but yeah, there's but something when before I, it. I googled uh, Logitech uh, 840, Greg, and it says it's a keyboard. So I don't know if it has something to do with the keyboard. Maybe it's a Maybe. keyboard. Uh, something maybe it's a mat or something rolled up Keyboard mat. mat yeah or a wrist holder thing but he's got the headset uh keyboard mouse yeah pretty nice little setup yeah that's uh actually the headset i'm talking to you guys on that g935 that's what i have i think that i have a logitech one i don't know which one it is so the wired one well we got some uh video of the much talked about new track coming in the september build the uh nashville fairgrounds speedway and uh this video is a little reminiscent of um uh wilkesboro so, yes north wilkesboro I, the name was there i just could it wouldn't wouldn't come out but uh i really like how they're doing this you know you get a little bit of the real life and it's a nice you know uh nice easy fade into the eye racing uh version of the track um you know, the the production quality is you know pretty much the i racing standard nowadays um you know just super well done uh nice little hype video and you know they also uh, threw some teaser uh photos up on up on the twitter get everybody excited we're uh you know just around the corner from being able to try out this track and um yeah yeah, so pretty cool. Uh, I love the screenshots where it shows like the billboard, but you can see the city skyline in the background of Nashville, uh, the grandstands and everything. Uh, this track's been around since 1904, so yeah, it was a pretty cool video. It's got some banking to it too. If you if you look at the fourth screenshot, uh, it's kind of 
down low on the backstretch. And as you look into the corner, boy, you can really see the banking there. It's going to be fun. this is going to be a fun track. Hey, Tony, I don't know if you've been there, but this kind of reminds me of Delaware Speedway here in where we are. Yeah, it does a little bit. Um, you know, Delaware would kind of be like the mini version of this, but uh, yeah, it doesn't have I, as long I, of straights. No, no, uh, definitely not. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I for sure see that. It's um, very similar. Yes. I'm just excited for some of these short tracks that that need to get scanned because I'd like to. I'm. You got to be thinking that NASCAR is going to start adding a whole bunch of different tracks just to try and you know move their fan bases around to try and capture the sport again. Well, I think they're trying to do that by hitting the road courses more than the short tracks. Uh, but you know they're taking. I don't know. They're taking a race away from Dover probably next year. But you know that still races a little bit more like a short track than a lot of the other places. Well, they are coming to Nashville next year, um, just not the the fairgrounds track. That's a uh, the, the speedway. Does that mean they're going to have to have that one scanned before we uh, before they get to it? I'll let it thrown down. Um, one of the issues they they talked about it recently on a podcast. I don't remember which one I was listening to, but uh, the tracks that run the standalone events, the the licensing fees are too high um and unless they have a cup date as well they simply can't afford to host them anymore for the trucks it'll be interesting to see how fast it gets scanned though um because i would you know i would guess something like maybe the coke series would go there next year um if it falls near then uh for them too right you think they would go to a legacy track well it's it's going to be a track for one race next year, right? An actual race. So. Oh, well, yeah, the fairgrounds. I mean, not fairgrounds, but the speedway might be, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That one needs to be scanned and put in, right? Because if we're going to be racing it, it's going to be on the schedule next year. Well, something that has been scanned and is probably coming out in the next release is the new Delari LMP2. We got a little video with some nice sound, including some wicked backfires. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. I noticed a reply to that video was uh, none other than Hugh Jass, and uh, he has Hugh Jass Motorsports, and they have uh, they're starting a league. It looks like for that car, or they're going to run an event. I think it is Friday, September eleventh at eight p.m. Eastern uh, with this new car at Virginia International Raceway with forty teams. He called it the HJVIR 240. Wonder why he picked VIR. It's an odd track to be racing on it with. Well, um, was it last either last week or IMSA and I and Le Mans go there all the time. Actually, it's just one of the older track builds too in the system. But it's, that's definitely going to be a fun car to to be on, and it, you know, it's like driving a. The uh, LMP1s, which just have the hybrid system, it looks like. I think Tom Dryling already said this is going to be his new favorite road car. I'm sure it'll be the next, probably the most popular road car. As soon as it comes out, it'll be probably the most purchased one. Well, do any of you guys actually run the tr- have run the trucks in a while? I, I can't remember the last time I've been in the trucks, but uh, there's an interesting video posted here by... Uh, on a Twitter account, uh, checkers, um, them playing. It looks like uh, he leapfrogs over jump on um, 
one of the, the straightaways there. Um, I don't know what configuration of the... Uh, so the Wild West track. It's the Wild West track, but he jumps the, one of the trucks and, and just keeps going. Um, and he kind of titles it, sometimes you just got to send it uh, pro for, uh, send the Pro 4s when Nitro Circus is hosting a race. So it's an interesting, it's definitely a great video. I wonder if it uh, makes next month's top 10. It's a perfectly timed jump. I mean, and the car, the truck that he jumps is going slow enough that, you know, and the guy behind him is going fast enough that when he they hit the jump, he's able to clear him. And he just literally jumps right over the guy. Yeah, you can't really block somebody if you're both in the air, huh? That's right. Yeah. If you're up above <laughs> him, right? Tough to do. I almost wondered if this wasn't too perfect, you know? I think it might be staged because this is like like hitting a lotto to hit this just right. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think uh, <laughs> it's just seeing if the, it could be done kind of thing. It's kind of like last week's video, uh, Mike, with the uh, Subaru jumping the uh, VW. Right. I, they probably tried this a million times before they got it right. You remember about a year or two ago, we did a race with the trucks and the radicals at at the Roval. Oh, my God. Are you and, serious? Uh-huh. And a radical could actually drive under the truck. We had damage turned off. And a radical could actually drive under the truck, and both cars just keep going. That was fun. Well, guys, uh, it looks like uh, Steve Myers and Kevin Bobbity from uh, the iRacing uh, staff, uh, they missed out on a big event for them. They were supposed to be going to see Motley Crue this past Tuesday, but um, I guess it, I guess with the coronavirus, uh, it was canceled or maybe rescheduled, maybe until next year. But uh, So Kevin Bobbitt posted on it, and um, they offered uh, Vince Neal when the, they come back to their area to if they want to take a tour of the iRacing office. Um, Vince Neal, if you remember, we, we did a, a rig review for him a couple weeks ago. So he's a, he's an iRacer, and uh, I have a feeling he might take them up on that. Pretty cool. Can't I know imagine. I would take them up. What would you have him sign in the iRacing office, you know, to get Vince Neal's autograph on? Uh, they, they might just bring stuff in from home. <laughs> I just think it'd be funny to get them, get him scanned and be scattered around the track with uh, trying to find him. Where's Waldo for him? Yeah, like they do with him and Dale, yeah, Junior. Okay, next up, uh, we got an announcement of the 2020 Bathurst 1000. Um, coming up, uh, let's see, time slot number one is the Australia servers, and that's going to be um, Saturday... Uh, 1 p.m. GMT or Friday 9 p.m. Eastern, and then the second time slot time slot is Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern, and that's a U.S. server. These are uh, the September 25th, 26th dates too. I was wondering where that was. I didn't even see the date. Yeah, it's there. I was looking for it earlier. Found it. I can't wait for this. This is my track that I I got wrecked out early last year, but I can't wait to run this race. Which uh, time slot are you going to go with the U.S. server? Yeah, I'll do the 9 a.m. Saturday. Mm -hmm. And it's 1,000 because it's 1,000 laps, or is it 1,000 kilometers? 1,000 kilometers. Actually, probably date. I don't know if I can convince David to go in it. Probably. All right. So you have to be a D4.0 road license to participate. 30-minute warm-up, 15-minute qualifying. Oh, here we go. 161 laps. 
Yeah, it's it's a grueling race. It's 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 one of the best tracks though. One of the the most elevation of elevation chains of any tracks, and it's got such dangerous corners. It's an unforgiving track because every corner has a wall right on the right on the shoulder. There's no runoff. This is the supercar, so this would be kind of like running a car on a road course. Big heavy stock car. You've always sucked at, right, David? Um, pretty much. Supercars are a little bit different because they're actually designed for road courses, but they're still heavy. So, guys, we actually have another uh, special event coming up. Um, Greg West uh, from the uh, staff posted up for the BMW Sim 120 Cup. Uh, so that's going to be uh, Sunday, September 20th at uh, 1300 GMT. Um, so uh, it's a 120-minute race. Uh at Road Atlanta, so it's a, you have to have a minimum of two drivers, and they're using the uh, BMW M8 GTE with open setups, and they got prizes. P1 is going to be $1,200 for each driver of the winning pairing, and uh, 600 for P2 and 300 for P3 for that race. Wow, that's pretty cool. And the winner um, gets entry for the end of the year sim event, which will be in Munich, Germany. You could get invited to Europe and everything. Yeah, that sounds like uh, something that's going to bring out some heavy hitters because that's some pretty good prizes there. Yeah, why not run it? So we have a preview of AI updates that are coming in the next build. Uh, uh, Forum member Nick Naban. He asked if there was going to be any idea what might come in the AI build, and we got a reply from staff member Alex Saunders. Essentially, they're going to add a few AI tracks, but the primary focus has just been on improving the current build. Yeah, they also said that there's going to be one big big track that's being released for AI, and they didn't get any more specific than that. So I'm kind of wondering what that might be, whether it's over a road, um, what, what could be there. Oh, that's big. Yeah, that that's what huge. I think of when you say big. That or the Nuber ring. Can you imagine the uh, uh, IAI cars on that one? Well, that's that is an order life. That's the same thing. My bad. Yeah, one. There's. I mean, there's two. There's several different versions of the track. You got the big, 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 big track, and then you got the GP circuit. Right. Right. Greg West did post after uh, who was the first one that uh, guessed the North Uh Johan van Send, he posted Dortschleife, and then Greg West gave the uh, looked at the freak uh, the surprised eyes emojis in the forms there. There you go, confirmed, right? Yeah, pretty close. Um, so yeah, they did say that they were um, they do have uh, more AI tracks that they're looking forward to in the future after season four, and uh, they're probably going to be concentrating a little bit heavier on the oval. They think they're a little light on the oval side of the AI, and I, I kind of agree with them. But um, but yeah, so it looks like uh, that's going to be the future uh, projects are going to be related to the oval racing. Well, calling all ladies of iRacing, there is a new group uh, dedicated specifically for you. So, guys, your your wives are interested. Maybe you want to, you know, sneak in a few new upgrades or, you know, get some more time in on the sim. Well, why don't you bring the ladies in? Let them uh, uh, 
see what's going on, see what you're into, join you with it. And it's a lot easier to, to get away with that stuff um, when you bring them in. And we got a, a face, Facebook group for uh, all the ladies that want to race. Um, very welcoming group. Uh, my wife, Lisa, she's a part of this group and she's done some racing with them and um, they welcome all skill levels. Uh, they're very uh, welcoming group. Lisa had a, had a blast the last time that they ran. Um, and not sure if they got anything coming up uh, soon. They were recruiting, but, though. I, I've seen them posting, uh, though, they're trying to get some uh, interest. Is it not cool how they designed their logo to make Love it the, logo. the the female uh, in, in the iRacers type of style? It, it's so good. Yes. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. That's pretty neat. Classy. And some of these ladies can go on track. I watched a, a couple of their races while, while Lisa was going. And, and uh, oh, yeah, they, they really get after it. They do a good job out there. And they, definitely they're having fun. That's, that's the easy part. But uh, you know, they got some good racing there, too. Do they uh, broadcast any of their racing, uh, the stream it or anything that you can watch? Yes. Um, I believe a lot of what they're broadcasting right now um, is through the OBRL uh, pages. So when they do race, you'll, you'll see them uh, racing on the OBRL streams uh, for now anyways. And may, maybe they'll get their uh, their own stuff happening here soon. But I know they, they haven't been going for too long, so... Give them some time. They'll, they'll get it all figured out. Right, because isn't that um, one of Coco Puff's uh, girlfriend? Isn't she uh, part of that? Uh, yes. In fact, I believe it's Janice herself is uh, Coco's uh, girlfriend. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know her name, but I did hear that his uh, girlfriend was doing the racing league. So that's cool. Coco's a really good guy, and, and he puts a lot in the OBRL. So I'm sure uh, Janice here will, will be just as good. She'll learn the ropes from him, right? Yeah, he's heavily involved in a lot of the, uh, the um, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff. So, um, you know, he lends his, uh, his talents to them to, you know, to get the races all uh, figured out. And um, it'll, it'll be some, some decent, solid, good, fun racing. So... This is an interesting concept that I just was looking through here. So um, Robin Tresswell, an iRacing member from the UK, has written a blog series um, on his up and down, up, up and downs of his erratic eye rating. Um, now, if you want to go to his uh, blog, you have to go to, uh, what's the website? Um CobortMotorsports.com and then the uh, Roller Coaster Ride is his blog. Um, sorry, the Roller Coaster Ride of Robin's I rating is the blog name. So he just goes through just how is racing going from race to race and up and downs. You know, it's kind of interesting to see because I know we can all, uh, you know, you know, identify with what he's he's going through. We can, you know, we've all been there of having a good week, having a bad week, having a good race, one good race and a couple bad races. I, I mean, I know Mike, you know, you've been a little bit frustrated last little bit, like 
some of this stuff, you know, sometimes you have a good week, sometimes you have a bad weeks, and it just makes, you know, it's good to see someone else is putting it down and, and, and can feel uh, what they're feeling in it. Yeah, I, I thought it was cute that it's a written blog. I mean, blogs are so 10 years ago. Um, I used to have a blog, but but I think everybody did. But, uh, I mean, we just do it in a different way. I mean, uh, we talk about our I-rating ups and downs here on the podcast, and that's kind of how we vent and communicate out. Uh, and I think it's good to have an outlet to you know, vent those frustrations and, you know, have people to talk to. And, and this was uh, how this guy did it. Robin Trustwell, he wrote a very long blog and I started reading it. It goes on and on and on. And, and, he, and it's quite long actually, but if you're interested, I mean, it's not a bad read just to kind of follow his path and to see how, man, it went well. And then he, it didn't go well and so forth. There's a lot of blogs on here too. There's it's it's under a tab. There's all kinds of stories of certain races, um, just figuring things out. There's a, there's a bunch of different uh, things you can look up here uh, under this website at uh, cobortmotorsports.com. Yeah, I thought it was cute. Keep going. Yeah. I love the I love the written blog format. I really do. Yeah, and as I was reading to it, that's exactly what I was thinking, Mike. It's like this sounds like you know what we do every week when we do th- through our results. You know, just a, in a written form, it's really well done. Yeah, and he put some time into it. Obviously, it looks really good. So, well done. Uh, let's go into podcast housekeeping notes. Uh, don't really have anything except hey keep sending us show uh topic ideas guys we're getting them every week from listeners and it really does help just email them iracerslounge at gmail.com you can check us out at performance motorsports network and with that uh, tony let's talk fantasy podcast fantasy league in a casual setting oh yeah we got one race left of the regular season, and, uh, and I tell you, last weekend did uh, not disappoint, <laughs> so to speak. It might it might actually disappointed some people. Um, there was some shakeups in the top ten for sure, but uh, boy, oh boy, uh, what a season! And kudos to everybody that's you know stuck around and um, you know did their picks every week and. Uh, got their scores up, battled it out. Uh, this has been absolutely great. But uh, quick rundown of the top ten. Um, I'm still hanging on first, and I, I've got a pretty nice cushion going into into the last race. Um, although, you know, stuff always can happen, so I'm not gonna, you know toot my horn quite just yet but uh things are definitely looking good for me um res dog we have a new second place uh sitter with res dog smiling ninjas in third just in time now me and him have been battling all year and he had a rough rough weekend he fell back down to fourth place uh kbm's in fifth laird racing six gi jojo in seventh, Jedi McFly, he's down in eighth place. Carries, yeah, yeah, he's he's dropping like a rock. I think he kind of forgot about us. I know he's missed a couple of races. Um, the double headers were uh, messing with him. Um, 
Kerry Sial is ninth, and Team 207 rounds out our top 10. Now, um, I was a little behind the ball with the with the playoffs. I thought it was going to be uh, – they don't make it easy, by the way, to look this stuff up. You would think it's just on the on the regular page. You look into the, the game rules, and then, bam, there's your playoff stuff. No, they don't have any of that on there. Um, I had to go to their main webpage to, to find it, and I was kind of assuming they were going to run this playoff uh, similar to they did last year, um, which – you know, basically reset everybody for the whole, uh, everybody in the, in the league resets it to, uh, uh like 3000 points. I think it was maybe it's 4,000 points. And, um, it, it was a totally different picking system. Um, there was no limits on the drivers you could, uh, you could pick. Um, but if you, you know, if you picked a playoff guy for your garage, then, you could only swap him for a playoff guy that you picked in your in your lineup, that kind of thing. But uh, it looks like I, I don't know if the it just does not get into any any details whether they're going to um, you know reset the the points like they they do in the real racing or not. I'm not sure, but um, basically all the driver uses will be reset and. Um, you can use any particular driver up to five times over the, uh, the 10 race playoff. Um, but there will be no restrictions on how many playoff or non-playoff drivers, uh, you can have in your garage. Um, yeah, it just looks like just, uh, you know, five times during the, during the playoffs. So that's, I guess that's how the, uh, the playoffs this year are going to work. Um, my whole, idea was that we were going to do the, we were going to, you know, for our league, it was, um, you know, go for the whole regular season, but you know, I don't know now, do we, uh, just carry it out to the end or, you know, do we stick with the, the regular plan and just, um, cap it off after this weekend? Um, yeah. Well, you know, I think you stick with the regular plan, but we can always, you know, keep going through the playoffs and see how it all shakes out there too. Oh yeah. I would hope everybody still plays throughout the whole playoffs. Um, but, uh, yeah, for the points and, you know, I do got a, a first place prize. Hopefully I'm still kind of hoping somebody, uh, knocks me off my perch. Um, they're going to have to work for it because, you know, one race left and I'm, uh, I'm throwing out all the stops, although I don't have many left, but, uh, do what it can do right all right get it yeah i think the double races have messed me up too and i've fallen like a rock well there's no more of those left so um i don't think right so yeah we're done with worry that. about anymore right gotcha they're back to regular schedule pretty much uh, kudos to nascar to somehow some way get caught up on the schedule yeah they really did do a good job this year um with you know all the adversity they had faced trying to you know early when they when they first came back from from the covid break um you know we were kind of bouncing back and forth between the same tracks personally i didn't care racing was on tv and that's that's what i was and i'm sure the majority of of fans were just looking for but uh yeah they figured it out we got all our races in um you know we've had a couple of snoozers but for the a lot of time it's been really exciting with the no practice no qualification 
Um, I've really been digging that. I had actually, uh, I do like the qualifying, but you know, if they nix the the whole practice thing, um, I'd be very much in favor of that going forward. But, uh, um, yeah, it's been good. We've all been able to, to kind of get our fix and now, uh, it's all on the line now and ugh, playoffs get, get fun. Yeah. I, I, um, I like the uh, ideas of these double headers, and a lot. I think a lot of the, the actual NASCAR teams like it too, especially when they're going out west and stuff like that, and tracks that are a little further away that they don't have to worry about bouncing back and forth to. Um, so yeah, and I, I also heard somebody say something about doing a double header, a Daytona double header, like road and then oval the same weekend. I think that would be a fantastic week. So let's talk real quick, though. How does that affect us in iRacing when we're trying to follow that schedule and they have a doubleheader? I mean, how do we have a doubleheader? We don't. Yeah, yeah, I guess it would just be the one the one race that week because uh, there's just no way to count for two separate races in the same week. Well, I mean, we're getting a few starts each week, you know, with the NIS, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of the same. Yeah, it would just wind up being fewer weeks at the end of the season in iRacing than it would be in the NAS than it would be in actual NASCAR. And you know that's the goal. NASCAR is trying to get to a spot, I think, where they're done before NFL starts. Yeah, yeah and that's saving money. You know, it could very much work for, um, you know, for iRacing. Like, we're, you know, we're used to a 36-week season. You know, if they were to, they could still stay with that, um, that model and you know the weeks that you know nascar isn't racing you know that's where they plug in those uh second second date for the double headers that that could be a, a nice compromise yeah and nascar just has the longest season of any of the sports anyway i don't know if it's not it's not just getting out of the way of the nfl but just get making the season shorter period yeah maybe it goes to 32 and it needs to be at 32 or something like that Okay, let's jump on to hardware software. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. Uh, Brian, we have a, a teaser from our friend over at Sim Racing Garage. Right, that's uh, Bear Roland um, from Sim Racing Garage. He posted an Instagram video that he's getting ready to test the Motion Gear UN 150mm motion kit. Um, so yeah, so he's uh, just posted a picture, a vid- short video of uh, the the motion gear uh, mounted to the eighty twenty rig, and uh, showing showing it off before he puts it through his tests. And you know Barry's going to do a great job breaking that thing down to its component atoms, basically, and uh, and really uh, going through that system. And uh, man, they look so, like some beefy actuators, though, don't they? Yeah, this is a D-Box style on each corner, four of them. And uh, there's a big power supply underneath as well. And it's just a regular 80-20 rig he's got them bolted to. And uh, I'm curious to see what the price point is. Definitely. Obviously, it's it's a quick setup, too, because obviously it's just mounted to the outside the corners of his 80-20 rig. And it's, you know, ready to go, looks like. And the 150 millimeter thing, I think that indicates how much travel it has, which is quite a bit. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was thinking too. And yeah, you're right. That can that's really going to bounce you up and down pretty good. 
So that would be considered a four degree of freedom. Is that right? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure all those out. But <laughs> exactly. I think that's right. I know it's yeah. not six, though. <laughs> no, because you got to have the slip. And right. The, you got to be able to do the rotational slip. Right. Right. Front and back. Usually, the only way you can pull that off is to have one that turns the that moves the back of the car, or you have a triangular setup. Well, we've seen that next level racing has that traction slip on at the bottom panel, and then you put something like this on top of that, and then you got it. Well, it's not a motion rig, but it does look pretty nice. We got an extreme sim racing offer. They show they've got. Uh, quite a few different options from rigs to some. I'm not really sure what the chassis or the chassis config is. Um, then they also have some wheel stands that, if you want to be portable or have something that really just doesn't take up a lot of space. Some nice accessories. They do have a triple monitor option, which is, they're currently sold out. Got a lot of nice little accessories. They got a, a way to invert pedals for the Logitech, all the Logitech wheels. Um, pretty neat, and the prices don't seem too bad considering the seat is included. Now they're out of Brazil as the headquarters, but they have a U.S. distribution center. Yeah, and it's it, there's, they offer free shipping in the anywhere in the U.S. Now I clicked on the uh, cockpit P13.0. It's called the Fuel Tech Edition, one thousand two hundred forty-nine dollars. It's a stationary cockpit. Uh, kind of sheet metal, uh, basically, is what it's made out of. Uh, seems pretty, seems okay. Yeah, it, it's not like as adjustable as the 8020, but they looks like they put the adjustability in the right places. You can tilt the wheel, you can easily move the pedals all the way forward and back, depending on how tall you are. Keyboard uh, tray, yeah, keyboard tray, shifter. Uh, the only I wonder how thick and sturdy that shifter plate is because that's that. You know, that's like sticks, out, sticks out pretty far. So that one might be the one that looks that's the least shaky or least steady. You can also tilt the wheel. I mean, the, the you can tilt the chair as well. The one thing I was looking here, if you go into their accessories, you can upgrade. Um, they have a really nice FIA approved seat. I mean, it's obviously more expensive, but it is a really nice looking seat uh, that can be added to some of these rigs. Um, to kind of just um, complete your uh, your whole thing here. They have a lower end rig that's similar, but not as built out, and it's eight ninety nine. Probably just doesn't have all the accessories on it either, right? Oh, the we the seat is different. It's not mu as much of a bucket racing seat where it kind of wrap around the head. And it still does have everything. It still has the mouse pad or a the seat. It's really the difference. It's actually really. It's actually. A, quite an interesting setup they have there though just uh i know you're saying that the uh, plate there looks a little bit weak for the uh shifter but you're not the only time that that would be a real big problem is if you had uh the fanatec uh handbrake attached to your shifter and you're hanging on it but i don't think a shifting would be too bad on a on a light plate shouldn't be hammer on it and did you see the uh the little platform behind the monitor for your the computer the pc yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I'm putting my PC on that. It looks not flimsy. Yeah. If anything, you'd put it between a wall to sandwich it, right? Maybe, yeah. Kind of. Maybe just a so console. That... I'd put a console on it, but I don't think I'd put a PC on it. I mean, if you're just buying a standalone rig that you're never going to upgrade, I mean, this is gr this is a good spot to be. Um, I don't know. I mean, the drawback to this is 
just what we talked about with Barry. I mean, if you want to add motion, you can really add it easily to an 8020. You couldn't add it to something like this very easily. No, no. If you got one of those bases like we saw a couple of weeks ago where the rig just sits on the base, um, that would work. But the the, uh, the D-Box stuff is never, never going to work at this thing. Now, they also offer wheel stands with pedal mounts at $229. Uh, they have a few other things for sale, too, accessories and other uh, sim racing gear. It's kind of a... It's a PC slash console site, so it sells you stuff that you can use in your living room for your consoles and stuff too. Yeah, those stands would be more handy if, if for either a console or something where you need to move it in and out of the way. They even sell the decorative track Interlagos Brazil for $45. It's like a cutout of the track layout that you like hang on the wall. A spa. A spa would be the best one. Uh, pretty cool website, extremesimracing.com, and um, I kind of like their cockpit. Now we're looking at a custom comp uh, company here, um, Track Time Entertainment, um, on their Facebook page. Um, We've talked about this one before, but I keep wanting to bring it up, Greg, because it man, they're in the U.S. and they do eighty twenty. The other question, that picture that's posted there on our on our thing, is that D-Box? Is that like D-Box that's attached to it? Or are those, yeah. are those just the legs? Okay, they are attached. Okay. Yeah, yeah it looks like a D-Box. So, you know, the, it's actually a really nice design, 8020, that they're coming up with. I guess if you get in contact with them, they can custom build you something. Right. If you look at the Facebook link, you'll see their latest pictures have uh, 8020 with red accents, like all the end plates and... Various things are in a bright red and looks pretty sharp. I should see, get a hold of them and see if they can do my cactus, frozen cactus blue. There is a video right there on the front page where one of the guys basically does a handstand on part of the rig. What, to try to show it sturdy? Yep. Track time yeah, you, entertainment. Yeah, if you look a little further down on their uh, Facebook page, they have a cross-section of their 8020 compared to, I guess it's a competitor's 8020. And, uh, you know, if this is completely accurate, man, that thing is than the one that they have in the picture. Thick, kind of bulky, right? Very thick and bulky. So, um, yeah, it looks very strong, very stable. Yeah, he's basically saying not, 80, not all 8020 is the same. Well, what are they saying? They're calling this... Uh, their own or Texas uh, using U.S. extruded aluminum. So they're a manufacturer in Texas using a different like, extruded aluminum. Yeah, pretty cool uh, setup these guys got. So check them out. They're on Facebook. It's Track Time Entertainment. Well, guys, if you go to uh, NVIDIA's GeForce website page, you're going to see the ultimate countdown. And uh, I'm going to refresh this so I get the exact time right. But uh, it looks like we're at four days, 15 hours, 49 minutes, and 21 seconds. Until? Until uh, they don't say. But it's, uh, but it's, it's, it's hyped to be the biggest. <laughs> it's the 3080. Term. That's when it's. Yeah, terrible. yeah, I know. It's, I know. But they don't actually come out and say it. Um, it's, it's, the, which they're hyping up as the biggest breakthrough in PC gaming since 1999. Oh, so, yeah, so it looks like sure the next generation. Is. Yeah. 
What was 1999 that they think that was uh, the last breakthrough? A good not, question. Not uh, not having the world come to an end when it went zero zero. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, the Y two K. Yeah. So uh, so it looks like uh, that w- that's going to come out to be uh, I guess Tuesday morning, right? Uh, that uh, they're going to make the official announcement, and it looks like it's going to be the 30 series of uh, graphics cards from Nvidia. And uh, I guess the biggest question everybody's going to want to know is how much. The RTX 3080. Wow, I would guess 1600. That's a good guess. I wouldn't be surprised if it's that or more. Do you think that'll drop some of the video card prices, or is it still going to be? I think the ten, the the twenty eighty Ti and whatnot are hard to find, and prices are up because of that. Well, the biggest thing that's going to be pushing the prices is how hard it is to manufacture things with all the shutdowns. Yeah, I think I think you're right, um, Dave. I think that's going to have a lot to do with it because uh, you know just getting these things mass produced is going to be just going to be a nightmare at this point. So I guess uh, maybe next week we'll uh, we'll have a little bit more information for everybody about what's actually, you know, more specific about these cards. Well, information I can give you right now is a little bit about a company in Vernon, Connecticut uh, called Spark Virtual Reality. And uh, it's a place you go do some VR. If you don't have it at home, they go do some racing, get some buddies together and uh, jump in their rigs. Looks like uh, um, on their pictures, I can see up to four or five uh, simultaneous. Maybe they got more. I couldn't find that information out. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's like a, one of your regular VR VR places to go and it's a VR do all things bar. VR. The VR bar. Is that, yeah, is that $2 what, beers. Is yeah, that what $2 the kids beer. are calling it now? Well, it just seems like it's they're trying to create an experience where you can get away from anything. Like, you just, you know, it's like trying to get away from your life type thing. Explore, you know, do something different. It's, it's just a, just a, what do they call it? Like a hipster's bar type thing. Now they're trying a different thing with uh, a virtual bar. Kind of cool idea, though. I just don't know. <laughs> and this is just me. With all the stuff going on in the world, do you really want to be going to a place where you're sharing objects that you put on your face right. or that other people use? Ah, proper sanitation. It's it's not even a thing, really. Right? Just wipe it down with some alcohol, and you're ready to rock and roll. So it's not far. It's just a little bit outside of. Hartford, Connecticut, is where this is located. In Vernon, Connecticut. Yeah, check it out. If I was there, I would go check it out. It said twenty bucks for ten minute race or something. It does say at the top here that it is closed temporarily. The COVID. Uh... Well, what I was trying to find out whether those are um, static rigs or motion rigs, but. If you click into the racing and go to the very bottom, you can see the rig, and it's definitely stationary. Uh, It looks like the steering wheel uh, column comes up between the legs style. There's a lady sitting in one. It's interesting to see. Yeah, they all look look like they're their basic little sitting sitting rigs. Like a play seat. um, 
that's what it kind of looks like. I don't know what they are, though. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, this is kind of a cool idea. Like, you know, we all, I like always going to, you know, go go karting and stuff like that, you know, and, you know, I have a whole bunch of things to do in one area. This is kind of cool. You can just do it virtually. Yeah, so they, not only they have the racing, they have other virtual reality games to play and stuff. Yeah, it seems to be very similar. I've talked before about the one that I have, uh, you know, close to me locally in London. Um, very, very sim- similar idea. Different things that you can do. They've got the racing. They've got just, you know, regular VR rooms. They've got that huge room that's a, a multi-user experience, um, full body tracking and all that. But, uh, you know... For the crowd that we talk to, like this probably doesn't ha- hold a whole lot of um, weight with, except for the ones that are, you know, interested and want to try VR, want to, you know, see if it would be good for them. That would be a these places here would be great for that. Right. Yeah, you don't know if you're going to get the motion sickness issue or not, and this is a good way to find out. So I just clicked on the one thing here just to go into the the one tab there to just see what just the experience for the one. So it's forty four dollars per bay for an hour session up to four people can share a bay. Hmm. That's really not that bad if you spread it out over four people. Yeah. Yeah. You're eleven bucks a person. Yeah, that's not bad at all. I guess I guess they make their money on the alcohol. I wonder what software they're using too. It doesn't say that I could see anywhere. Maybe uh, with F one twenty twenty or something. Yeah, that's a show. That's an HC vibe, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, HTC or HTC vibe. Sorry. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Steve Lou Allen, uh, one of our team members, got an upgrade. Uh, we talked about he got the DD one wheel, but he also bought a sound system for his racing rig. He ended up with the uh, Z606 5.1 surround sound speaker system, uh, $129.99 from Logitech. And uh, he said it works great. No wonder he can't hear us anymore on TeamSpeak. (laughs) What'd you say? I don't know that you benefit from 5.1, but for 130 bucks, I mean, to get a sub and five speakers to kind of put you in the middle of, I, I mean, that's a good value, I think. Brian, do you think right, we should right, shift guys. to the next topic? Yeah, let's uh, let's shift on to the next topic, which is uh, SG Racing has sequential shifters and handbrakes and combination units. Um, so this is a UK company. Uh, so you can buy one or the other sequential shifter or a handbrake, or you can buy them both together. The uh, the uh, shifter is 170 euros. Uh, the handbrake's 150 euros, and the combination of two is 300. So uh, let's say we're looking at 200 dollars for the 170 euro deal. Um, so it's just under 200 for the handbrake, and the combination is going to push your uh, uh, almost to 400, I guess. Wow, these are rock solid. I mean, th- they look so unbreakable and just metal and just, uh, they remind me of the Jinx shifters. And I really, 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 really like those Jinx shifters that we've seen before. And they're a little bit more stylish, those Jinx ones. But for the value, these are definitely second place. 
Yeah, the, they look like they're made with really <laughs> solid, thick metal. You know, all the bolts are really tight and strong looking. It's a it's a carbon fiber look to it, basically. It's it's a, a nice looking system. The part that you put your hand around, I mean, it's just like this real textured metal you know you can really get a good grip on and uh yeah it just looks great i mean for the price um i'm impressed this next rig is a trip um speaking of shifters you have to check this video out and look at this guy's shifter it's not the shifter is actually attached to a long rod that goes all the way behind the driver and then moves equipment behind him i guess that's given some kind of realistic feel of what he might actually feel in this type of rig it's an f1 style rig with motion big big three monitors i don't think he's in iRacing. i think it's a different game do you think the reason they have it back there like that is to make it feel like where it'd be shifting in an actual car, he gets like the clunk in behind him. No, I think that shifter that's behind him is a real shifter, like out of a Chevrolet. I mean, it's how it looks. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's moving. It runs a shaft all the way back behind the driver, so that's. But um, look at look at right at the beginning of the video, like the eight second mark, and you can see that shifter way back in the bottom left corner. Uh, and yeah, like you said, the metal and all the different mechanisms to reach to that. But I mean, he's actually shifting a proper transmission. It looks like that's sitting behind the seat. It's I'm insane. Just, I'm just trying to think is this, this is how the linkage would be hooked up in like an old F1 car. Would it not when they'd have to get the transmission? Cause it'd be behind them in the car. Right. Probably the same kind of mechanism or it, or it is the same mechanism. It's definitely a wheel in that car, though, because that car is definitely a handful for him. So I love this video in so many different levels. Okay, so first of all, there's the shifter, which is just, just so much over the top. With You have that real transmission kind of sitting behind him, and he's got all these different levers and and long poles and different things to make it all work. and But... The other part of the video and what he really put the video out about wasn't about the, the steering thing, but it was the heavy steering. He's running 20 uh, nanometers, uh, 100% wheel with his, uh, uh, his uh, direct drive wheel. And he's running an inner Lagos and he's trying to you know simulate what a Formula One car is. And with his motion rig and stuff, you can see when he takes his hand off the wheel to go shift, he almost loses control of the wheel because it's so strong. This kind of reminds me of some of those videos back in the day when Ayrton Senna's sideways going in the corner, grabbing gears, one-handed on the, on the rim. Check out the seat is actually in motion as well within the rig. It's got two actuators directly that. connected to the seat. And I think that's a little mini keyboard he has up by the wheel as well. We could spend all day picking apart this guy's rig. I mean, the way the, like you said, the motion, the way it's set up and all the different things that he has, I'm just, I'm just like speechless. I don't know if I've ever been speechless before. So he's in R factor with this, but R factor too, but man, he doesn't even need to go to the gym after this, the way he's handling this car. Did you guys see on the right front there? He's actually got a brake caliper and a rotor. What? Yeah, look at the right front corner of his rig. You'll see a, a, a caliper and a uh, and a brake rotor. Oh my God! 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is an amazing rig. Um, just look look behind it, for example, behind the seat. So not only he's got seat belts and a seat belt tensioning and all that, he's got that the movement on the seat, but he's got this weird looking bracket coming up off the back. And guess what that's all for? Oh, that's for his GoPro. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's crazy. So, yes, yeah, so I'm assuming he's got these brake calipers on all four corners, and I, maybe he's got it rigged up so that, you know, he has a, a, an actual feel of an actual brake rotor. Now, there's a second uh, video. There's several links on this story, guys. So check the other video, uh, the last one. And this is where he put 70% uh, heavy steering. Hydraulic brakes are used to keep your foot full, and the G-Silt tilts. So your arms, legs, and abs are very painful. Is he saying that that's the G? It's, oh, it's like a GC, but it's not the actual GC. Because he's leaning back. That would GC is a straight-up seat that the actual GC is, isn't it? Well, the G-seat has, you know, kind of like paddles that push out in six different places on it. This, the bucket is actually sitting on, on two actuators. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Okay, so I see the pistons coming out from behind them. Yep. Push them forward. Push your shoulders forward kind of thing. I'm worn out just watching that. Well, I remember trying to run the Indy 500 with the wheel turned up really high. And um, in the middle of the race, I gave up and, and turned it down during a caution. Yeah, this is this guy's definitely running it really high, which I like to do. Um, you know, uh, Stephen Llewellyn, who just got the DD1, he I gave him all my settings to try, and he turned he he copied them over, but he put it at 60% instead of 100%, and he said he likes it there. He's actually gone to my settings now. Yeah. But uh, maybe that's gotta, my problem. We um, just got to convince Mike to do it so that he can save his tires. Yeah, maybe that's the problem. I can't save tires. I don't know. There's a, you want it to be hard enough where you can feel. Uh, I know that when I'm on a twitchier car, like like a formula car, I do turn the force feed back up higher. I think in the, like this indie league that we're about to run tonight, I'll have it up to around 70 because it actually helps keep you from over steering as much. See, Mike, what you need to do, um, and get kind of getting off on a tangent here, but what you need to do is you need to have different settings for different things because there's, you, you, you have, how many preloads does the uh, direct drives have? Six or five? I'm pretty sure all the bases have five. Okay, so, you know, you got to set one. I would set one for the Legends. I would set one for your Cup car. I would set one for your Indy. Like, there's just different things that you have just to make it feel right for you. Because right. I have to, you know, me and David run different settings for road and oval. Yeah, I might have to try that. Let's get into results. Uh, we're going to go to the NASCAR iRacing Series is sponsored by the Ucora 2020 Throwback Indy Series, which uh, didn't run, so we don't have a, an update on that. But um, going to run the uh, race later tonight with those guys in the Legend car. Actually, it's the Indy car tonight. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it was Legend last week. They alternate. Okay, well then I'm running Indy. There you go. Let's finish up Dover. Uh, Friday open. Uh, Bobby Jonas, uh, well, went from 14th to 3rd in less than 20 laps. First and second wrecking with lap cars. Avoided it and got plowed from behind yet again. This was after getting hit hard under pace laps. This is after. <laughs> so, uh, bad run for, uh, for Bobby there. Uh, David, you got a P2. 
Yeah, I managed to keep out of the drama. Most of the wrecks either avoided or they just weren't near me. Um, and I almost got taken out. I just barely dodged it when a, when a guy in front of us wrecked, wrecked the guy that had just bumped him just barely as they kind of got into each other. Uh, he did a wreck on purpose, and I got by it and got the P2 out of it. Uh, definitely, it wasn't top split, so it's a lot easier to be up there in that top five in that situation. Okay, and then Greg, you had a good run P5. Yeah, we, uh, David avoided that wreck, and then um, as they were all gathering, that wreck was like cleaning itself down the track. We all kind of, I was racing for, because uh, that took out two guys. Yeah, I was racing for like the top six there anyways, um, and we just kind of got through that wreck and came off the corner and kept going. It's kind of nice to race with two guys there that uh, respected when you're racing into a wreck like that, not to uh, overdo it even on the last lap. Okay, and I got a P16. I actually had a good run going, like I was running eighth or ninth, but ran into too many incidents and had to do a stop and go. I mean, I was getting in these cautions where I wasn't getting damage, but I was getting 4X and uh, that weren't my doing. And boy, I mean, that stop and go penalty just killed my race. I would have had a top 10, I'm sure, if it wasn't for that. Tom Dryling, he got a P5. He said qualified eighth. Had a good run in the top five most of the race, spun halfway through the race and had to work him, himself back up. Uh, a restart with 35 to go with 35 laps on the tires. Um, uh, I stayed out hoping for a yellow. Uh, unfortunately, didn't come out. Was able to hold on to the top five. I'll take it. And then Tony Rochette, right before the race, uh, got a call from work. There was a propane gas leak uh and uh he had to not even i don't think he even loaded into the room but he was registered so he lost all his ir all right let's jump to sunday open david you were in top split p13 yeah i had a little self-inflicted wall damage early you know that situation we've talked about with the wobbly front end trying to get going straight down the straightaway and it just hopped to the right uh that hurt the car especially in the long run but then the way the cautions fell, I really benefited from. So it's probably, I was probably about a P13 car to, anyway. Okay, Tony uh, coming back for redemption, got a P10. Had a lap car on the apron in three, uh, run, run him up and into the wall, uh, got his damage fixed. Restarted third on the last caution with 40 to go, hoping for another because I was awesome the first 20 laps on fresh tires. Sucks to leave a set in the pits, a set of tires. And then Tom Dryling, P2, was in the top five all race. Tires came into play, and the race winner had better tires at the end. I'll take three top fives this week and look forward to Daytona. So speaking of the Daytona Oval, let's move to Wednesday fix. Tom Dryling got a P22. Got the pole position, led a bunch of laps, but got crashed after halfway. It's all good. And then Wednesday open, David, P19. Uh, yeah, I got knocked out of the second lane twice by cars that couldn't hold the inside. Um, one one guy apologized for it, one guy didn't. Uh, then we had a late caution because the the guy who didn't apologize for hitting me, he got wrecked himself, then he pulled right back up onto the track to bring out a caution. So I think he had about five or six different people protest him. Uh, I was so destroyed from the second hit, though, that yeah, P19 was what I had. Okay, and then Greg, P9. Uh, it was kind of an uneventful race for me there I, I 
I hung around the back the whole race and just kind of raced up near the end there and I was fighting a bad our set wasn't very good last night and um, just couldn't hang on to it. it was really loose and eventually made my way up to the, and finished with a everybody wrecking on the front stretch coming to the, to the checkered and ended up ninth okay and I ran that same set and I got p19 I had a real struggle with it um, it wouldn't drive in a straight line like when we were going down the, the straight it was either going left or going right and I couldn't get the steering wheel to find that middle spot where the wheel would just go straight it just wouldn't and so people were telling me Ellis you're moving around a lot you're 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 kind of moving up and down and so I was up in the main pack at the beginning and I actually pulled off and went to the back because it was so bad and uh, I went to the back of the pack I eventually drove right back up to the front it was all under green too I mean the car was super fast but it wouldn't drive straight I mean I don't know if it was a lack of downforce but I was able to move right back up into the main pack after that but uh, anyway uh, <clears throat> there was a caution uh, later on uh, on a late stop for fuel I had to come in uh, off pit road and I was trying to get up to speed and uh, I actually came up into traffic and nailed them. It was, I felt really bad about it, but I, again, I had trouble with the set, and I think it, that was the reason I kind of felt, you know, floated up into traffic when I didn't mean to. Yikes! It was a tough race for me, considering it's Daytona. It's one of my best tracks. Uh, Tom Dryling got P5, qualified seventh, got involved in a crash. Uh, still don't know how I didn't get totaled by getting spun in front of the entire field. Uh, worked his way back to the top five for the rest of the race due to damage didn't have anything for the top four on the green white checker I'll take a top five and keep my NIS open top five streak to four races in a row Tony Rochette uh, finished uh, P. Newman he says 20 laps in was taken out by a car on my outside on the front stretch man did I do some triple axles and spinny spins there you go, title idea. Triple axles and spinny spins. Uh, Bobby Jonas ran, started second, had about four yellows to start the race. As soon as the green would come out, the yellow would be out about five seconds later. Uh, finally, about 15 laps, we took the green for a longer run, took the lead, led for 64 laps on route to a win, marking my fourth straight year in NIS with a win and finally, a win in NIS at my home track. Well done, Bobby. Let's move to Thursday Open. I ran uh, wrecked out. <laughs> I was in the lead pack on the outside. Uh, we catch a lapper who stays on the bottom. Uh, one guy on the bottom lane uh, decides not to go around the lapper and slows down to let the lapper in. And the guy behind him didn't slow and uh, hit him and not wreck the entire pack. And of course, I had four or five minutes of optional and RPMs were in 1900 and so I was junk and so I didn't even finish. Also had a TeamSpeak audio problem, but uh, Tony Rochette ran as well. He got P5, started second, survived, tried taking three wide before the checker, cars below me wrecked and I got the wall. So looking forward to Friday night uh, for redemption and try to get a win for, for myself. I did get to run Pacific Majors this weekend. Uh, 
It was Spa in the Williams F31, I believe, or FW31. I don't remember the letters. I uh, was came in, ended up coming in 12th. I was doing pretty well, and then just got dumped halfway through the race by somebody who had who had already self spun himself once. Uh, took me out right at the chicane. Okay, and I ran uh, Ucora uh, Legends uh, NASCAR at Talladega P4. It was a great race, actually. Uh, my first with the league. Um, I led the most laps and traded the lead with a couple other guys through most of the race. Um, it was really fun. Um, the act, the guy who won it actually won it on a tire strategy, taking two when everyone else did four. So he was way out in front of us, and that's how he won the race. I also ran some official uh, sprint car. Uh, 14. I finished 14th out of 15. Uh, it's super fun. I love that series, but it's just killing my eye rating. Uh, it was a good gain on SR, though. I didn't wreck. And then NASCAR Legends at uh, at uh, the plate track this week. Man, I was thinking I'm going to get do well. Nope. Uh, I tried Monday night three times in a row. I wrecked out each time. The final time was actually my fault. Uh, I was third. There were two in front of me. I just, some reason, I don't know why, I decided to go in the middle and, and wrecked us all. And uh, I'm an idiot. And I just have been choking. Uh, my I rating's down to like 2,500. I don't think it's ever been that low since my first year. So I'm just in a real hole and need some redemption. You need to get VR. That seemed to do the trick for Greg. Maybe I do. All right. And with that, let's jump to final thoughts. Brian McCubbin. So um, I'm kind of sad to see the end of the dirt races for the year uh, with the last race of the um, late model series. But um, I just wanted to say that, man, I really appreciate you guys. Let me bring that back to the show. Um, um, it's, we won't see it again until spring with the uh, sprint cars again. But, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna miss, to miss watching those races and reporting on those. And uh, I appreciate you guys letting me bring that back to the show. Yeah, yeah, you're you've been great, Brian. We're happy to have you, uh, David Hall. Final thoughts. Looking forward to the league race tonight. All right, me too. Let's get it, Greg. Short but sweet, eh? Yeah, um, it's I, it, back to work. It's it's hard to think. I'm looking forward to my league race tonight too. Um, got some got some work to do at Daytona and see if we can figure out some of the setup stuff to try and get uh, two more good finishes on the weekend and uh, see what we go from there. Um, can watch my uh, Twitch channel at uh, Frozen Cactus. Uh, Frozen with two O's, Cactus with two K's. And, uh, yeah, just going to keep keep climbing. I'm almost, I think I'm almost tied with, or getting closer to David now and I rating. I'll, maybe I'll pass him by the end of the weekend. Well, Greg, you definitely got the wobble out with that last change on the on the most recent race, so you're going the right direction from uh, when we started Wednesday. Okay, Tony Groves, final thought. Well, I guess first off, um, I have to uh, address my my first transition where you guys were looking for me and I was uh, not to be had. So. Um, what I didn't realize is that we had gone live on the Facebook page uh, just shortly before we officially started uh, recording the podcast. And I kind of made a crack about, um, you know, building the computer and using that as an excuse to get out of uh, doing some painting that we got going on. And uh, my wife was listening as she was painting. So she was up, uh, you know, shaking her finger at me and kind of, well, she was 
quite literally giving me proper shit for uh, <laughs> making that crack. Got me a little distracted. Um, but speaking of builds, so I've got uh, new parts in my computer. Hopefully that'll help my VR experience going forward. And uh, I had just started uh, building Lisa's uh, new computer. So that, that'll be done. Uh, I was hoping to get it done tonight, but uh, looks like it'll get done tomorrow. But we are in full sim room build mode right now. Um, our color goes on on the walls tomorrow. And then uh, we go shopping for a ceiling. And then it's all about uh, building a new rig and, and setting the room up the way, uh, the way we want it to, uh, to look. So that, that's what my racing experiences have been as of late, it's, uh, building computers and sim rooms. But uh, um, with any luck, we've been, uh, we, we got uh, Aftermath episodes scheduled for this weekend. So make sure to check that out. I got no idea what's going on, but I'm sure we're going to see a lot of squirrels. We usually do. So um, yeah, look for it. Uh, Look for it to show up on your uh, any down any any podcast platform you find this show on. I believe we're on, and uh, yeah, that's it for me. Okay, all right. My uh, final thoughts: uh, Daytona, man, my best track. I usually win here, and I've been choking, 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 and I'm just upset with myself. And and it happens, but uh, I have one more chance Friday night to redeem myself. Um, I'm tempted to start from the pits just to, you know, miss the early stuff. I don't know, but I'm, I usually don't do that. But um, I got to try something different here and try to break my uh, bad luck. So with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the Odd Racers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.